Genentag Buongiorno Buona giornata Hey, Sawadi Diabom Buen dia everyone I'm your host Salome Jacobs and I'm delighted to introduce you to my Into the Garden podcast that ethereal presence to feel ignited, relaxed rejuvenated, moved and inspired. Tune in for a reflection on deep, insightful, delightful, inspired soul poetry. Connect with soul sisters popping in for soul poetry, couch talk, real life stories, testimonies, motivational inspirations, parables, interviews, up and coming events and much more. So pop on over for time out to relax unwind and connect send a voice message invite a friend or two share and like this podcast on facebook under shasti cecilia instagram into the garden that will inspire you to live your best life and become the best you super sassy vibrant you thank you for sharing tuning in and popping on over for a delightful soul poetry soiree so nice of you to join me yes it's that time of the day so to those of you who don't know me and are new i'm salome jacobs and this is the platform to be into the garden just you me and the serenity and beauty of the surrounding the ambience right here the peace serenity of the God the Father, God the Son, God the Trinity, three in one. So I'm so glad today that you are with me. So once again, a hearty welcome and feel free to pop in any time if need be for Into the Garden of Sassy Souls. Just like you and me. Buenas tardes, good afternoon. Yes, once again, a friendly hello. And a hearty, hearty welcome to Into the Garden, where hearts are mended. You and I are enwrapped, enfolded, and comforted by good old-fashioned soul stories, soul poetry, inspirational words, parables, and much more. So wherever you are, near or far, I thank you for opening your heart's door. Next is a short story, Stripped of Me. And at first, an introduction. You know, Neil Plantinga once pointed out that stripping always carries with it the idea of making something or someone vulnerable. Example, when you and I maybe strip a tree of its bark, that protection is gone, isn't it? And when 
The enemy is stripped of his weapons. You have put him or her at your mercy. You've taken their defenses away, isn't it? Strip a rabbit of its hide and you take its very own life. So much so that in your and my life, when God covered Adam and Eve, their naked shame was with animal skins. But there already, in that garden, when Eve committed the first sin, they were stripped naked and were covered with leaves. Something inside Eve and Adam died back then. And you know what sometimes is so amazing is that without even thinking we say these words out loud when we're angry or we're upset we describe each other as animals don't you get it he's a brute she's being catty he's being as willy as a fox or she's a cow he's stubborn as a mule what a turkey he's a rat what a pig she's a barracuda or he's a pit bull. Have you ever thought about that? That those are names we say without thinking, but it is stripping you and me. And putting you and me at someone else's mercy. If you think it if you think about it in that way, don't you see? So this is the introduction of a true story. Well, everything here on Into the Garden are true, true stories, real happenings, and insight and foresight to teach you and me, to equip you and me, so others out there who are going through the same thing, just like you and me, can be healed in these processes when you and I speak out, speak up. to brave out the storm for the many pioneers who have already set out the platform so stay tuned and stay connected for there's more in store and today the title is stripped of may psalm 91 Verse 1 to 2 says, He who dwells in the sacred place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Stripped of me. The inscription reads as follows, Kind heart, 
brave, courageous. Though stripped, God has a plan and a purpose to set you free. You know the word strip or stripped so well. Yes, it has many meanings, but best known for stripping naked, oh do tell. Isn't it? Wouldn't you agree? Strip also means stripped of belongings, or thieves strip the car, but you get the gist if you know what I mean. Mark 14, 12 to 51 gives you and me step-by-step -step accounts of what led to that dreadful, that fateful moment leading to the arrest and what stripping meant to Jesus before he left you and me. Let's dig a bit further if you let me. For this is a story, a true occurrence, an account that happened as if it had happened just recently. Truth be told, it's part of healing to you and me, whether it happened way back, you see. But things not dealt with have a way of reaching your and my subconscious for a purpose to be set free, set apart for a time to be told so you, someone, anyone and everyone can find peace and healing when you put your trust in God, you say. Have you ever been stripped of everything? I mean everything, not bit by bit, but a huge chunk that you're not really sure whether it happened or not for you survive the aftermath of being stripped of everything but you. But a bit of that later for the plot thickens leading to the betrayal of nakedness, stripped and you. It was upon a day my best friend Gabrielle turned 21 you say. We were school besties and close at the hip like any friend would be. Turning 21 was a milestone for her, you see. Coming from Altus River and being top in karate was a biggie for her and me. For I was so proud of her achievement and what she accomplished since our school days, you see. Coming back to that fateful day, I had no friend to accompany me. So I asked another friend of mine, Becky, if she knows of anyone who can join me. Well, leading up to that Friday, a knock came and I was told of someone who was interested in taking me. So bearing in mind, I had not met him, but he admired me from a distance, you say. For shy, I was a loner, at that with glee, and minding my own business, sticking my head in books, yippee. Well, after pondering, I agreed to meet with him, first before deciding, you see, and that went well without any a hitch, gladly. That Friday, he looked rather smashing, tall, fair, dressed to the tea, just like me. Well, he wasn't from South Africa, but leaving the very next day for home, you see. So upon saying goodbye to folks and going to the 21st, Charles stopped at the ATM, you see, to draw enough money for his flight and petrol to get us there safely. 
Now normally, as you know, if there is a limit on your account, then that is all you and I can get. But on that fateful, dreadful, horrific night, Charles and I never knew what awaited us. As yet. As the gulf came to a halt, the midnight sky, as dark and shimmering down on me as can be, was a bit eerie, but subdued and unaware to me of what lie ahead, though daunting, but unbeknownst to both Charles, me and thee. He got out and walked to the ATM to withdraw, but alas, five men walked past, looked at me, then slowly three walked into the ATM, you see. Well, to my surprise, with the gift in car and he hurrying so gallantly, saw them but didn't think anything at the time. No fault of his, but unaware of his surroundings, took him by surprise. Wouldn't you agree? By now, Charles, unaware, with his back towards them three, and me seeing all of this looking behind me. With a shock to my body and heart racing so speedily, I couldn't afford getting out of the car even if I wanted to, by far. Charles, still not knowing what took him and me by surprise as they stabbed him twice and fighting to get the money all at one glance. Charles, as brave as he was, wrestled but couldn't get away, for three against one was wounding his soul and all he had on his mind was to get out of there to protect me. I, though under the shimmering sky, was held hostage by another while the other kept watch in case they got caught fooling with me, but their plans came to naught. For now, let's call him Scruffy, you say, for he looked rather strange, with a smell that will set you alight for miles, wouldn't you agree? He took out his weapon and pointed directly at me, with no remorse, just one thought to rape her, or so he thought. I opened the car door, and normally the smell of any fella would send a girl to heaven, but gosh, this his odour sent me long into spasms. Scruffy took one look at me and dressed me up and down. By now, under the moonlit sky, who would have thought that one's young life could be taken so harshly by storm, didn't I? Numb to the bone, you sit, you cry, that face, that smell, that voice that says, open your legs or be damned if you shout or cry. That hand that touches you and licks you and there's nothing you can do but pray to God for someone to come and rescue you. So while Scruffy is busy and pulling my hair as I plead, please don't hurt me for I'm on my way to a 21st, you see. He laughs and blatantly spats, spits in my face with glee. I pray to God to keep me calm you say, so I can take a good look at him to report the stripped of me to the police, you say. Now I know you must be thinking she was raped, but thank God on that horrific night that changed my and Charles's life, God answered prayers to pre protect his beloved children from becoming a statistic to murder, rape and robbery upon that surreal night instead. 
Yes, I was forcefully and vulgarly touched, kissed and ridden like a horse, fully clothed, if you know what I mean, by God in all his matchless glory, save Charles and me, from five men who was out to commit a horrific end to two innocent lives, who lived to tell their story, though stripped of themselves so miserably. Did I ever get to Gabrielle's twenty-first? No. For God sent two angels in a white Toyota Cressida to free us from the snare and the attack on our lives that fateful, vengeful Friday. So much so that I and Charles could give the police a clear, concise description and exact account of what they did to us with no thought of sparing our lives, but leaving us both to work out the accounts that would affect us long after they stripped him and May to hold them back with no glimpse of remorse or sorry you say. For shots were fired, Charles ran free, and me well under the car for safety and security. Not sure whether being at the wrong place at the wrong time applies here, you say. For Charles' heart was in the right place, so I cannot blame him for stopping so late at night at the ATM, you see. In retrospect, it happened and it showed me that night that the hand of God spared us too this night. For what's done was done, so I could tell the story to someone who thinks it won't ever happen to him or her. But attacks come whether rich or poor in our market or district, and so absolutely unaware by far. Well, upon sleeping at the station and riding all night, the police caught the ones who robbed me and Charles on that fateful Friday night. Now locked up and throwing away the key or so we thought, but Charles could not leave the country for he and I had to appear in court. Now taking down one statement is another story for somehow or the other you looked upon as a nobody who was looking for it by far. So you tell me who can you trust when the one who's supposed to protect you looks at you smelling raw. This is but a glimpse into the events that happened on that fateful, vengeful Friday night that changed two young people's lives, hell-bent not to destroy them in sight. As for Charles, well, our paths split and I never heard from him ever again, for it was our first ever date that turned and took a twist on that eerie, particular, shimmering Friday. Yes, so as the moon shimmers its cosmic reflection on the shimmering say, it's mysterious, captivating, majestic, glimmer and enchanting to say the least. But who knows what lies out there waiting for you and me when innocent lives are being savagely attacked with no thought of sparing you say. So be on your guard when going to places here, there or overseas for things happen to good people just like you and me. Yes, I'm coming out into my own, standing tall, facing the problem head on and proud in the knowledge that if Jesus was stripped so violently by men who accused him so blatantly, then who am I? Who are you 
not to forgive others who mock, scorn, strip you and me of our very own dignity, you see. And so it is, so shall it be. And this was written by Under the Moonlight Shasti, the 7th of April 2018. Yes, what a story. And today, there are no tears, but bravery. Because Charles and I are lived to tell that tale, that story, that upon an eerie night, what could have turned sour, what could have turned raucous, God turned into his delight when sending two angels to save Charles and me upon that stripped of me that night.
your destiny and I am so captivated by this woman what she has been through and is still going through and as much as God gives her strength it just shows you and me that where there's a way, or at least where there's a will, there's a way. That God will grace you with willpower. God will grace you with stamina. God will grace you and me with insurmountable strength to do what needs to be done in ministry. Be it mission work in the fields, be a pastoral but whatever it is that you and I do you and I are a friend of God you are a friend to so many but more importantly you are a friend right here and into the garden so wherever you are near or far up next is Pastor Judith Helen with your foundation your destiny. When I first got diagnosed with this condition, the doctor told me that there's no medication and there's no known cure. And I'm the only one in Singapore that have this form of brain tumour and it's more aggressive than any form of cancer that you know. I think many people would choose to just stop and call it a day because the tumour is growing and growing quite rapidly. But if we don't do the business, how are we going to feed the kids? And if nobody is providing the food, they will literally starve to death. And that is the condition of the kids in the mission field. So what I shared with Judith is, as long as I still have breath in me and strength, we will continue and we'll push on until the day I cannot get up. Then I guess that will be the end. There was one time where there was this child who was very hungry, went into the woods, started to dig up roots and ate the roots. And what happened was that kid had diarrhea, had diarrhea until she died. When we received the news, 
I felt so bad. And I, I said to the principal after that, we will not stop feeding because we'll prepare the food so that they will not go hungry and will not starve to death. When the Lord first inspired Judith with this concept of starting Olivine, it was really foreign to us. We both don't know how to cook. And when we embark on this, it's purely by faith that this business is for the purpose of funding the missions. And so we thank God for that because for, I mean, 17 years in the mission field, we never had to raise funds. And through this very small business, we managed to feed many, many kids and help many orphans and widows. There were a lot of uh, uncertainty at that point of time because we have business front that we have to take care and also our family, Joel plus uh, the ministry. It was uh, very difficult for me because Jason is my second husband and deep inside my thought is always, you know, what if my daughter have to lose a father for a second time? I may not know how to cope with it, you know, because um, what if I have to uh, face with uh, being all alone again after, you know, God has uh, provided a restoration in my family. It was very difficult. It's a very strange thing when you're going to die Somehow your body knows it. You know your time is coming. So if left with only that very short period of time, what was important to me is the kids. If I know that uh, this is going to be the end of his life, the more I want to uh, do my best in helping him to fulfill the call that God has in store for him, rather than uh, so much thinking about you know myself or what is going to happen after uh, he passed on and all that. I guess uh, that was um, more what I focused on at that point of time. That was already the time where the tumour grew to the size of two eggs and I know my time is really limited. He always tried to prepare me to be strong, to be ready and he always say that, you know, don't blame God if I die. Don't get angry with God. I'll see you in heaven. This is what he always uh, prepared me. I will always tell him, okay, I'll see you in heaven. We will see each other in heaven. So I do not want to cry at home. I do not want him to discover me crying. In the restaurant, you know, it's always crowded. And uh, there was one time I was so uh, sad to the point that I do not know what to do anymore. And the only place that, you know, nobody can see me is when I'm facing my chiller. <laughs> So I was just holding on to the door of my chiller and I just uh, cried there and I just say that God have compassion on me. I'm not ready to lose my husband. My daughter is not ready to lose her father. So that was it. Suddenly there was like a still small voice within me saying, I will heal you because of the tears of your wife. And I somehow went for a second surgery and after the surgery, when I was recovering, there was one night where Jesus came again and He just touched me right here and breathed a new breath of God into my nostrils and today I'm healed. So even though I know I'm healed, technically speaking, the relapse rate is still 95%. So even if this cancer comes back again, if I have to die, 
I will die praising Him. And nothing changes the fact that He is God. Kau sudah menikmati kekudusan ini. Now I want you to bring that holiness back to the body of Christ. Sekarang aku mau. I was once very broken, but the Lord restored me, and I would like to be the agent for Jesus Christ to bring healing to those who need healing, to bring restoration to those who are broken. I thank God for for the person He wants me to be. To help many people. Instead of taking a break and waiting to die, I decided I will maximize whatever time I have left and to try and help more children. Let us pray. Lord, we want to thank you for your good and your mercy endures forever. We ask that let your word bring conviction in our heart. Let your word bring healing and transformation as we surrender to you our life. And in Jesus' name, all God's people say, Amen. Shalom. Greeting from Singapore. My name is uh, Pastor Judith Halim. Thank you so much, Pastor Chris, for having me here with you in an online service. And I look forward to see you in person one day. Today, my topic is your foundation, your destiny. I'm going to read to you a few Bible verse. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. So everyone who hears these words of mine and act on them will be like a wise man, a far-sighted, practical and sensible man who built his house on the rock. Matthew chapter 7, verse 25. And the rain fell, and the floods and torrents came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. Matthew chapter 7, verse 26. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish, stupid man who built his house on the sand. Matthew chapter 7, verse 27. And the rain fell, and the floods and torrents came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell, and great and complete was it falls. Two foundations that we are talking about here. The first one is a house that built on the rock. And the second one is a house that built on the sand. You see, the Bible recorded both houses are under the similar weather. Same situation. The rain fell. The floods and torrents came. The wind was strong and blew and slammed against that house. Yet, one stand strong, immovable. It did not fall. But the other house fell and great and complete was its fall. What is the differences here? The difference is one who hear the word and act 
on it. The act of obedience. Versus one who hear the word and did not act upon it. Disobedient. The truth is this, my friend. Life is full of challenges and problem, isn't it? Well, as long as we are still alive, we will face with issues in this life. And my point is this. Our faith will be tested. Whether we like it or we don't like it, whether we think it will happen to us or not. But the difference is this. What is the foundation of our house? Is our house built on the rock or is our house built on the sand? Next verse, James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed, happy, spiritually prosper, and favored by God is the man who is steadfast under trial and perseveres when tempted. For when he has passed the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crowns of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So my point is this, our faith, your faith and my faith will be tested. Not just our faith will be tested, but we must be approved. That means we must pass the test. You've seen the video earlier on how I struggled uh, together with my husband fighting cancer for 10 years. It was really difficult. I myself went through a lot in my life. I came from uh, Medan, North Sumatra, born in a very poor family. 26 years ago, I married to a Singaporean uh, man and then I came to Singapore to give birth to my baby. And uh, the second day when my baby was um, uh, delivered, the doctor said that your baby has got a few complications. My baby was born with three holes in her heart, brain damage, Down syndrome, and uh, but bad thing does not stop there. My uh, ex-husband, uh, which is uh, my daughter's father, came to Singapore and take a look at us and he said, I think we are not meant for each other. And he left me. He left me and my daughter alone in the hospital, a foreign place that I know not of the language, the people. I do not have money at that point of time. I do not have relatives. I do not have friends. I do not have family. And I couldn't even speak English and Mandarin at that point of time. All that I know is Bahasa Indonesia. Stranded in a foreign land that I know not of the language, the people. I decided to kill myself. I wanted to uh, take my daughter and jump down from uh, 14th floor. And the Lord saved me. I was uh, saved in a Wesley Methodist Church 26 years ago so um, Methodist Church is very close um, to my heart and uh, 
after I encountered Jesus, uh, I decided to work. I decided to start all uh, my life all over again. And I went to um, do an English course. And uh, I went to work. My first uh, occupation in Singapore 26 years ago, I was a security guard in FNN Coca-Cola. And thereafter, I got my promotion to uh, become administrator. Uh, receptionist, administrator, and then uh, also a manager and uh, I was also promoted to general manager and managing director and eventually become a businesswoman and uh, now here I am serving God and then after I also uh, remarried uh, 18 years ago um, with uh, my uh, husband he's also a pastor he's pastor Jason Ong so um, a lot of time in my sharing many people will ask me they will ask me like you know pastor what is the breakthrough that um, you know caused you to live a victorious uh, Christian living what is you know you struggle for 10 years on your own and after that another 10 years with uh, your husband share with us share with us uh, how can our faith be as strong as your faith so that we can get the breakthrough in our life so friends i want to share with you what i have been practicing consistently for the past 20 years in my life yeah and uh, this is also the key to victorious Christian living next slide James chapter 2 21 James chapter 2 21 was not our forefather Abraham shown to be justified by works of obedience which expressed his faith when he offered Isaac his son on the altar as a sacrifice to God. The story of the father of faith, Abraham. I think all of us will agree that Abraham is a father of faith, a man with great faith. But the Bible recorded in James 2.21, it said, Was not our forefather Abraham shown to be justified by the works of obedience which expressed his faith when he offered Isaac his son on the altar as a sacrifice to God? I'm just going to uh, put it in a simple uh, modern uh, language. Abraham took Isaac from where they stay. They uh, took a journey of three days to Mount Moriah when he heard from God that Abraham sacrificed your Isaac. And on the way to Mount uh, 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 Moriah, Isaac asked him a question. Father, where is the sacrificial lamb? And this is what Abraham answered to Isaac. Mm, the Lord will provide. But Isaac was tied up and was put on the stone. So this is what I believe. Perhaps back then, Abraham, when he heard from God that, hey, Abraham 
sacrifice your son Isaac. He must be singing this song. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. What about Isaac? If we talk about Abraham as a father of faith, I really salute Isaac because the Bible recorded Isaac was just a young lad. Okay, and uh, at this age, I believe he can fight, he can struggle, he can run away, but. Uh, he was tied up by the, his father and he was put on the stone and I believe Isaac also sing the same song as Abraham. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. Okay, so what happened when Abraham took out the dagger and wanted to kill Isaac? The angel of the Lord said, stop Abraham. Wait, Abraham, the sacrificial lamb has been provided. Wow, you see friend, Abraham faith has to accompany with his work of obedience. Isaac faith has to accompany with his obedience. And what happened? The very first time God introduced himself as a Jehovah Jireh, the God that will provide. If we read the translation in the Bible, Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide. But if we study Hebrew, the Hebrew words for Jireh, Ire, means the Lord see. What did the Lord see? He see our faith and our obedience. He see Abraham and Isaac faith and obedience, radical obedience. And he provide the sacrificial lamb. Friend, same like Abraham, our obedience must be radical. Our obedience cannot be logical. This is the secret that I have been practicing for over 20 years that I see for myself victory after victory when I started to radically obey the Word of God. Let us look at the next verse in James chapter 2 verse 22. James chapter 2 verse 22. You see that his faith was cooperating with his work and his faith was completed and reached its supreme expression when he implemented it by good works, which is the works of obedience. So you see friend, if you want your faith to reach its supreme expression, the Bible has given us the secret of breakthrough. The Bible has given us the secret that we can live a victorious Christian living. If your faith is accompanied with the works of obedience, that means radical obedience to the Word of God. You see, 
when we want to obey the word of God, it has to be radical. Why do I say that? Because, you know, when my husband got a brain cancer, he was the first one who got it in Singapore. And there's no medication, there's no chemotherapy, and even until today, there's no medication, there's no drugs that can heal him. Yeah, so um, you see, obedience has to be radical and not logical. If at that point of time, we are not obedient, um, we will tend to ask God, why me, why me, why me? But my husband throughout the fight for 10 years, never one time he said, God, why me? But he always say this, be it unto me according to your will. There are things that we do not understand and it is okay. We do not have to understand. We just have to know and believe that God is sovereign. And my husband always said this, if I die, I die. Nothing will change. Jesus is still God. So friend, our obedience must be radical and not logical. Many Christians fail because of logically they couldn't understand why is this thing must happen to me I do not understand and the answer is you and I do not have to understand we just have to believe that God is in control and God is sovereign so hear the word of God and obey it the act of obedience James chapter 1 22 James chapter 1 verse 22 but be the doers of the word obeying the message which is the word of God and not merely listener to it betraying yourself into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth so what is it again hear the word and act on it we are actually building our house on the rock and when the wind come when the torrent when the flood came and slammed against the house you will be immovable versus if we hear the word of god and we did not act on it we are actually building our house on the sand which is when the wind come when the problem come when problem of life hit us the bible say great shall be our destruction and great shall be its fall i want to close um, this uh, uh, session uh, with a story of rehab i believe many of us know rehab's story she was a prostitute the profession that um, the most humiliated I believe you know people look down on her and we also know the Bible recorded two spies went into Rahab's house and uh, Rahab uh, helped them but I want you to pay an attention to uh, the conversation that Rahab had with uh, these two spies Rahab said to these uh, two spies your Adonai took you out of Egypt 
by parting the Red Sea. Your Adonai. And your Adonai, your God, gave you victory after victory in your fights. Your God. And my people heard that your people are coming to conquer our land. This is what Rahab said. When we hear that your people are coming to our land to conquer us, we know this is not the fight between your people and my people, but this is the fight between your God and my people. And when my people heard this, we were all shaken. We were afraid and our heart melted. At that point of time, it was recorded the head of the house in the land of Canaan and during Rehab's time were probably about 3,000 head. Friends, 3,000 people hear the same thing. But we know the story that Rahab saved the two Israelites, the two spies. And eventually, the Bible recorded Rahab's entire family was safe. Same as in the church. Sunday after Sunday, thousands people hear the word of God. Same like in the time of Rahab. 3,000 hear the same thing. 3,000 people were terrified. 3,000 people's hearts were melted. But only one Rahab. Upon what she heard, she on it, the act of obedience, and because of the act of obedience, Rahab's entire family was safe. Not just Rahab's entire family was safe, but Rahab also became the great-great-grandmother of the most glorious king in the entire history, which is King David and Jesus' lineage came from Rahab. Friends, thousands of people hear the same thing. But today, will you and I, based upon what we hear, which is the Word of God, and choose to act on it, which is the act of obedience, the house that is built on the rock. And when the problem comes, the house stands strong. It is immovable because the foundation is upon the rock. Versus the house that is built upon the sand, which is hearing the word of God, but did not act on it, which is disobedient. And when problem comes, the house will fall. When problem come, 
you and I will be shaken if we build our house upon the sand. Friends, the issue and the key is in the foundation. If you switch your foundation today, you change your destiny. Same like Rahab, she switched her foundation and she changed her destiny. I just want to pray for you before I end the session. I want to speak to two categories of people. The first category is you have not received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. The second category is if once upon a time in your life you have given your life to Jesus but uh, along the way you have strayed and your faith is shaken and you know it. The invitation today is come back. Come back to your Creator. You see friends, what I've shared with you is my story, my challenges, and my breakthrough. What about your story? What about your challenges? And what about your breakthrough? I'm going to give an open invitation in a moment. And um, at the count of three, I want to invite you to click there is a button of raise hand as a show of commitment. God sees, God sees our faith and our obedience. Let us prepare our heart. Today, if you hear this message and you say to yourself, God, I want you in my life. God, I'm coming back to you. I cannot do it on my own anymore. God, I acknowledge you died for me on the cross. And on the third day, you rose again. And because you live, because you rose again, I can face tomorrow. If this is you, one, two, three. Now is the time that you click the button. Click the button of raise hand. Come back. Come back to your Creator. He's the Alpha, He's the Omega. He's the beginning and He's the end. He's sovereign and He is in control. Let us pray. If you have uh, clicked those uh, buttons, please repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, today I'm giving you my life. I want to acknowledge you as my Savior, my God, for you died on the cross and on the third day you rose again. And because you live, I can face tomorrow. Forgive me my sin that I have offended you. Holy Spirit, come and fill me, guide me, and help me so that I will be 
faithful in my walk with the Lord Jesus till the ends of time. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much. God bless you. Bye. As for me and mine
is a moral story find your own destiny once five men were caught in a thick forest the first man said I will go left because my intuition said so the second one said I will go to the right because the right comes from the word rightness the third one said I will go back the way we came the fourth one said I will go straight we should move forward, the forest will end and we will go somewhere new. The fifth said, you are all wrong, there is a better solution, wait for me. He climbed the tallest tree you could find while everyone else went their own way. From above he saw the shortest way to exit. He could also see the order in which the others would exit. He understood the problem and found the best solution. He knew that he did everything right. The others were wrong. They were stubborn and they didn't listen to him. He was the wise man, the real McCoy. But he was wrong. Everyone was right. They were all wise. The man who went to the left found himself in the thicket. He had to starve and fight with fight of wild animals but he learned how to survive in the forest he became a part of the forest and could teach others the same the man who went to the right was robbed of everything and was forced to join them after some time he had reminded the thieves of something they had forgotten humanity and compassion the man who went back created a trail through the forest which soon became a road for those who wanted to enjoy the forest without the fear of getting lost. The man who went straight became a pioneer. He went places where nobody else had been before and created new opportunities for others. The man well, who climbed the tree became a guide. People turned to him when they wanted to find the most efficient ways to deal with their problems. The moral of the story, these five wise men created their own destiny by listening to their intuition. 
that still voice of God guiding you and me. Sometimes you and I hear from a wrong voice, isn't it? It could come from a friend who you think supports you. But actually behind you does everything to sabotage your dream, your victory, your accomplishments. Or it could be from someone unexpectedly, a wolf in sheep clothing. You say you and I can create our very own path, but not alone. Trust God along your journey and allow patience, discernment to be your guide. Listen to yourself and you will find your destiny with God deep down inside. So if this moral story has touched you, please do share it with your teenage children, your sons, your daughters, or pass it along to as many as you can inspire others to make the most of their lives young lives young or old because it's never too late to live your best life you know i was taken aback by this story it got me thinking growing up didn't i or you think that 50 years old and now look 50 isn't old neither 60. praise god for beauty in him when you and i become anew and alive in him. So thank you, sassy soul, friend of God. To the end of Into the Garden and Sassy Soul, I'm a friend of God on this Yippee Friday. Trust that you and yours will have a superb weekend, knowing that with God, in God, you can do all things that seem or might look impossible. To students on holiday, happy holidays. To those homeschooling due to COVID, you'll be rewarded by far and yet be amazed. So until next time, until we meet again, same time and same place, sassy soul sister, you have a friend right here on Into the Garden. Look up and thank God. Look down and stomp the enemy to bitter ground. Take care now. Keep your distance. Buckle up. I know that right here, on into the garden is a sassy soul just like you so pop on over make yourself at home in the company of into the garden
Your presence is your presence. 